Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Coming up on today's Better Together. We have to pay attention to our life. We have to pay attention. And I think that what happens is we get we get caught up in the rat race of life and, and speeding through that we forget that we have to be present for it. We have to pay attention because if we don't pay attention, that's when we wake up 10 years later, 20 years later, and you go through this whatever midlife crisis because you feel like you've slept through the last 10 years of your life or the last five years or the last 20 years. And it causes this anxiety. Like my life has passed me by and now what? And here I am. And I have nothing to show for it, or I don't feel satisfied, or I don't feel complete, I don't feel whole. I think the reason why sometimes we become so dissatisfied is because we're missing all of those moments and we want to do over, or we're starting a project and it's not happening quick enough. And we live in such a world of instant gratification that when they don't happen on our timeline, we think that we're a failure, we think that we're not worthy, or we think that we're doing something wrong, where in fact, if we move at the pace of nature, it creates a whole different landscape for us to create the life that we that we want. 
a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menounos. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Better Together with Maria Menounos. I am not Maria Menounos. I'm Mr. Maria Menounos. Kevin Undergaard, once again, sitting in for my wife. Uh, really excited about today's show, as I always am. Um, Kelsey, I just... When people ask me, like, what are you doing hosting Maria's show? You know what I say? <laughs> what? I'm going to school. Truly. I am. I'm in class. Yeah. Every day. And, uh, and like, someone was like, well, that, oh, how fun. And I'm like, well, I never really <laughs> thought school was fun, but, um, but it is rewarding. And, uh, and thank you, you know, for you, 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 uh, our fan, our heel squad for being so incredibly supportive to Kelsey and I and to Steven. Truly. While we try to carry the ship through um you know and on that note please uh you guys subscribe to our patreon uh excuse me subscribe to our youtube that that's what i really want to see grow i love our patreon squad and obviously uh, what i love about the patreon community and and uh our guest today rosie costa you know led a patreon heal event for us and we have wonderful things on patreon but i think the best thing about our patreon is that we're able to build this intimate community yeah which is wonderful that we we all count on each other and Mm -hmm. it's more and more but our YouTube page, you know, definitely needs more subscribers and um, a little more love. It needs more love, and uh, I'm I'm tired. <laughs> I'm break down to tears. I'm really tired, and and I don't get tired, Kelsey. No, you don't. Right? You've known you me don't. now long enough to know Mm-mm. I generally don't. I, but I am tired, mm-hmm. and uh, me too. <laughs> and, and the best way to help us is please, uh, please uh, um, subscribe to YouTube our YouTube page, and if and uh, if you have already, then please just tell friends about us. Yeah, and, and let's get those. Subscribers up. All right, so are we ready for our quote of the day? I'm ready. By the way, okay, ready to, for class to be back in session because uh, this is going to be a great episode. Um, you know, some of our favorite guests are the ones that uh, don't come from means. And we have ones who come from means, that's great. And they can offer a ton. And I think I bless them even more because they came from means and they were responsible with the means. Right. They didn't just take the means to kind of just laugh at the rest of the world and, and, and enjoy their great life. Right. They took the means to go help other people. Mm-hmm. So I honor that as well. But I, I, I'm especially sensitive to the people that did not come from means and that they figured it out. You know, one of the things I'm most fascinated is like, how did they figure it out? So, you know, first you at home, I know a lot of our heel squad is not of means and we have people who are, and um, thank, thankfully, but we have many who are not of means, but want to get better. They want to heal themselves. They want to uh, become more successful in all areas of life, but it's really difficult without the means. So I'm always fascinated when and and so excited when we find the people that are figuring it out. I don't think anyone's figured it out, but you know, we're always on the journey. You have, think, please tell us. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't think anyone really has. And the no. greats, the greats you talk to are still figuring out. They're still growing. 100%. Deepak Chopra was like, I'm trying to not age. Do you notice like he's he's saying things that we can hang on to mm-hmm. in lessons, but then he was also, you could tell, he was also still working at things. Oh, yeah. So, oh, you yeah. know, it's its its constant. But anyway, you know, our guest today is someone that doesn't come from means, but has, you know, is figuring it out or has figured a lot of things out. And those are the people I like, oh my God, that's a mind I want to get in and I want to learn from. Um, 
your biggest obstacle will be to face the fact that this one. <laughs> so good. When Kevin was reading, he was going, oh, oh, And Kelsey was like, wait, what? Dude, that's not a good quote. I go, no, it's an amazing quote. This is a great quote, but it's such a knee to the groin <laughs> for many people to hear this. Yeah, your is. biggest obstacle will be to face the fact fact that you don't actually want to work that hard <sighs> but unless you do you won't value what you've worked so hard for and that quote is from rosie acosta and and i do completely agree and and i always say if there's an easy way to do life and success and, and wellness then tell me but i don't know an easy way it does no. start with the hard work a little bit more about miss ms acosta <laughs> Rosie Acosta has made her entire mantra about not only living in the moment, but also taking as much joy from that moment as possible. Growing up in East Los Angeles amongst gangs and violence, Rosie suffered from depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and a host of other issues. Her discovery of yoga opened the door for Rosie to begin to heal. In no time, she realized she could not only help her own mental health, but the mental health of others. Now, working as a yoga and meditation teacher, Ro Rosie is committed to making sure her students recognize the limitless potential within themselves. With her dual podcast, Radically Loved and Wise, Rosie helps people achieve equilibrium between their mind, body, and spirit. It's worthy to note that Rosie's also a member of our Heal Squad. And with that, Better Together proudly welcomes our friend, Rosie Acosta. Hi, Rosie. Hi. Hello. 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 So glad I you're here. I mean, it's so it's so interesting to see and listen to all that. <laughs> to, to hear about about yourself. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, but it's true, and um, and I'm and like I said earlier, I'm excited to come from East LA. And if you're not from Southern California, you may not know that East LA is it's a tough area. Now, Rosie, I don't know why. Winnie usually starts growling at the end of an interview to be picked up. I'll take her, honey, because you, you have more. I can hold her. Hold her. She in, usually lasts about a solid, solid why. 40 minutes. Okay, honey, here you go. Just, you. It happens sometimes. Are you kidding? It's welcome to my life in, yes. in quarantine with all the dogs and trying to do a podcast and record live yes. classes. It's been such a and Just imagine interesting, having children, uh, right? Yeah. So anyway, but Rosie grew up in a you know, East. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. LA, not an easy place to grow up. It's a tough, tough part of Los Angeles. And uh, Rosie, can you tell us a little about your beginnings? Um 
Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely was not uneasy. I'm a first generation Mexican-American. My parents immigrated to this country. And so, um, you know, English was not my first language. I was born here, but I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people just struggling to, to get by. And we, it was so, it's so funny to think back now, because when I talked to my parents about it, they thought that they, I mean, they thought that America was Disneyland that, oh, everything, oh, we found this really great, great little apartment in this great place, you know, and, and it was not a great, it wasn't, it ended up not being a great neighborhood. And, but you know, when people are struggling, especially people that immigrate to this country, like they just have to make do with, with what they have. And um, yeah, so it was a really tough environment. There was a lot of gangs, a lot of violence. Um, As I got older, when you grow up in an environment like that, the thing that I always think is noteworthy is that you don't actually know the difference. You don't know that there's anything different than that. I mean, you just kind of grow up in an environment where you hear gunshots or you you see a, a scuffle or you see a shooting, you know, it's it's a pretty traumatic for a child. You know, I remember yeah. living through my first drive-by shooting. I was six years old. And the thing that was most um, poignant to me at that time was the fact that it didn't scare me. I think maybe I was just so used to it at that point that it just became something that, oh, I just knew to get down and to just, just wait until it was done. I think it doesn't scare you for the reason you said, because you grew up with it. Cause I knew when we, back in the carny business, we would sell, you know, we would go and we would go to certain areas that were very dangerous. And and literally Mm -hmm. it was always shootings at different carnivals that were in, in depressed areas. And the one thing I noticed was when there were gunshots and things like that, the kids would run and duck and all that stuff. But as soon as the gunshots were done, the carnival was back and everyone was back. And I, because I grew up used to it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah. That absolutely is the case. You know, you just don't, you don't know any different. And so for me, growing up in that environment, it didn't actually start to show up until I was a teenager. By the time I was a teenager, you know, living through the LA riots and and all the upheaval from that, all of my friends, everybody got in trouble. It, it wasn't like, oh, you know, somebody's acting out. You have that bad kid in school. No, everybody, was everybody, the bad, yeah. everybody was the bad kid in school. Yep. And so I started to get in trouble with the law. I started ditching school. I was... I got arrested. For... Really? What'd you get arrested for, Rosie? <laughs> I got a, arrested for trying to a steal a, um, a cop car. Um, nice, Rosie's a so... badass. I love it, ride or die, <laughs> Rosie. Yes. So it's so funny. I didn't actually, I never talked about that until people started asking me about my no, background. It's, Again, no, I didn't honey, think it was noteworthy. I didn't mean to, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot, Rose. Oh, what, no, no, that's fine. Because I love that's it totally because fine. no, it, it just gives hope to anybody. Because I see you, you're yeah. beautiful, you're put together. And, you know, and I know people look and go, yeah, okay, easy for her to say. But yeah. when you hear the story and you hear that, that you've made, that you made mistakes. It wasn't like you just were a victim. Oh. You went out and victimized too, it sounds like. And again, I'm saying that because I did the same thing. Vandalized. And, I mean, it was awful. I was a terror. You know, so no, I I, 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 I get it. No. And, um, but please continue. And thank you for yeah. be- offering that. 
Yeah, of course. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I'm a pretty open book. I have no issue talking about my past. I just think it's funny now to hear myself say it. But so I was, I was really struggling during that time. So I was on probation, which meant I basically couldn't do anything bad because I'd go to jail. And even then I was still, you know, ditching school and doing stuff. I was on the McDonald's diet. So I was severely overweight at the time. I was almost 200 pounds. And then I went down this really depressive state because I couldn't go out and do anything. And so it was just, everything was converging on me. And as a teenager, and as I got older, I just, I didn't really understand what the point of life was. I mean, I grew up in an environment that was showing me that the world was not set up for me, you know? Yeah. And I was really grappling with the idea of, okay, so why are we here? Like, what are we doing here? And it wasn't until um, my mom was just trying to work so hard to get to me because I also had such a strained relationship with my parents because Mm -hmm. they just didn't understand, right? They're like, what is wrong with her? Why is she doing this? And they didn't understand what PTSD meant. They didn't understand what anxiety was and they didn't they didn't understand. No, and they came here with good intentions. You know, we're yeah. going to leave our village, which my grand, Italian grandparents did and, and Maria's parents did. And yeah, yeah. And then they come here and they're like, what? And it's, <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, and it's America. And it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is Disney on one hand. And then it's a lot of toxicity and insanity exactly. on the other. And yeah. And it's a lot for, for people who come from, you know, more humble beginnings. That's right. So, once we got to that that space, my my mom ended up coming home. She was working at the children's hospital in Hollywood. And one of her friends said, oh, you know, there's this thing she should try if she has anxiety and stress. It's called meditation. And I think it would really help her. Help her. And she ended up coming home with these self-realization pamphlets. It's a Paramahansa Yogananda. Anybody who's ever read the autobiography of a yogi, they have this center on Sunset Boulevard. And my mom came home with these pamphlets and she kind of just, this is how we communicated. She would just leave stuff on the counter for me to see. And because anytime we had a conversation, it was always a fight. Yeah. Yep. And so I started to look through it and I'll never forget. It was this little pamphlet that said, um, it said, uh, affirmations, affirmations for a happy life. And I was like, what is this? What does this mean? And I started to read through it and it was compelling enough to me that I decided to ditch school again and take the, take the bus to the self-realization fellowship. And once I got there, I went into this beautiful temple that had looked, that to me reminded me of the Taj Mahal that I had seen in one of my world history books. And it was so weird. <laughs> it was totally weird. People were smiling. People were nice. Yeah, and it's so weird. Inviting. Yes. And it's strange, right? You think they're almost like you think they're aliens. Yes. I'm like, who? why are they smiling? Why are they not like holding their bags away from me? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? How, yeah. how, why are they being so nice? And so I went into this lecture that was happening and this this lovely English woman was talking about happiness and how we're responsible for our own happiness. And as I sat there after a couple minutes, maybe 30 minutes, I kept looking around because I was waiting for the guy, the man Mm -hmm. to come and give the lecture that I was sitting in on. And then I realized 40 minutes in, I'm like, oh no, she's, she's the guy. Mm -hmm. 
this is the person mm. who is leading this lecture about happiness, about how we have the power to create our life and how mm. we can make different choices. And then she led us through this really beautiful meditation. And it was a moment where she invited us to close our eyes that I felt my body and my breath. And it was, you know, I, I talk about this a lot because I don't feel like everybody has to have this sort of spiritual awakening and it's not always this big event. I mean, it could be as spontaneous. as. But wait, let's back up. But Rosie, it wasn't a big event. You got on the local bus and you went to a free thing and you picked up a pamphlet. Okay. And for other people, it's listening to your podcast. It's the same thing, but you didn't go and, you know, like you didn't go and, and train with, uh, you know, the greatest guru. I've known people who've gone to India and jumped in like sacred lakes and, do, do you know, like, okay, and great. But no, everything you're saying is stuff that is tangible. That's stuff we can all grab onto. Um, what was it that, uh, what was it, do you think that, what was it that you think that made you do it, that made you look at that pamphlet and say, okay, it's time? How did you get there? Or- yeah, that's such a great question. It's such a great question. I think I was just at a point where I was, if I didn't do anything, I was going to die. I mean, truly. Like, yeah. I didn't understand what the point of life was, you know. And it felt like there was something that was compelling me to just do one more inquiry, to just inquire just one more thing. There was this just there was curiosity. I was curious, you know? And so I think that that's really what compelled me to investigate this, this thing. And looking back at it now, I mean, there was so many other, I mean, you guys know this. I mean, there were so many other avenues I could have gone through. I could have ignored the pamphlet and Mm -hmm. ended up in jail or worse or become a drug addict or, but, but I didn't there was some something that was, I can't even explain it. You know, to me, that's the whole basis of what radical love is. It's the whole basis of why I do what I do. So once I was able to discover that it, it, it was a slow and gradual process to learn about yoga philosophy, learn about meditation, mm-hmm. learn about taking responsibility, learn about making different choices. And I, I fell in love with it. And it was the only thing that I had in my life to restore me back to, to this meat sack, (laughs) this this person. I think for other people, um, it goes back to an awareness. If, you know, it's, it's feeling like I'm not living my purpose or, um, I don't eat well or I'm medicating or I'm not Mm -hmm. with good people. And I think it's, it's having that feeling that, if you're listening, that could be your moment to do what Rosie did and say, you know, you mean, you don't have to get all the way to that point where you want to jump off a bridge, but it's maybe feeling those things that get yeah. you there. And I also want to say too, to just to even, I think, make your story a little bit even more aspirational. I don't feel as though you would have your, 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 it was like a yoga or B go to jail. I feel like you were doing teenage stuff but I think it would have been uh, probably a life of... Mm. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused 
on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. You know, unfulfilling maybe relationships, yeah. some toxic, um, toxic eating, toxic behavior, you know, a job that wasn't the most fulfilling. And then, you know, you'd have children and you'd try to hopefully get, have them have the life you didn't have. And I actually think that's probably would have happened, but it wasn't, it was not going to be your best Rosie. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are living that life I just described, but, oh. but to get to your, where you are, um, it, it's, it's, I, not that you're making it sound easy because I know there was a lot, but if, if you think about it, it started with a pamphlet and a ride on a bus and just, and being open. And I, and I do think I had that same feeling too, because I was in work environment, in a family environment, but then in work environments where everyone was just negative. It was like, it was, I was in a carny business. So it was ex-cons and thieves and junkies. And then like, you know, it was mob adjacent. So even like the, the money, yeah, it was just all darkness. And then the bar, yeah. the couple of bars I worked at, same thing. And, you know, cause there's all addiction there. And, and then the nicest thing place I think I worked was construction because they, they were, they were just all more just like straight shooters, you know, and, and they yes. were, they were messy too. But then I do remember getting into certain environments where everybody was just smiling and happy and, and feeling like you did like, what? I'm like, am I, am I in the twilight zone? Like this, yeah. this isn't real. But I think when you start to, uh, to, to consciously pursue that, it's, it, it starts changing things. I know, I know it's a lot of people I know who are in right now in the pandemic, Rosie, who are in family systems where they're with really your classic, you know, middle-class negative or lower middle-class, but it just negative mindsets around them. And they're stuck with that. And that, it's hard. Yeah, no, it's so, you bring up so many incredible points. And I think that the one thing that is the tie-in is the fact that we have to pay attention to our life. We have to pay attention. And I think that what happens is we get, we get caught up in the rat race of life and in speeding through that we forget that we have to be present for it. We have to pay attention because if we don't pay attention, that's when we wake up 10 years later, 20 years later, and you go through this whatever midlife crisis because you feel like you've slept through the last 10 years of your life or the last five years or the last 20 years. And it causes this anxiety. Like my life has passed me by and now what? And here I am and I have nothing to show for it or I don't feel satisfied or I don't feel complete. I don't feel whole. And that is, I think the biggest takeaway with, especially living through this pandemic and Anybody that's ever gone through an obstacle and every single buddy has gone through an obstacle, we all can relate on the same level of knowing that we the, the moment that we pay attention to where we are in our life and assess and take in that everything is happening 
everything that's happening is happening. I'm not saying that it's happening for a reason or it's happening because of X, Y, Z. It's happening whether we enjoy it or not. So we have the ability and we have the opportunity to make a choice. How are you going to take this information in? Are you going to realize, wow, the last 10 years of my life, I feel like I've been sleeping or I hear this all the time, you know, as part of, you know, episodes that you guys have done with experts or in our little like heel squad, you know, conversations that we have, I wish I would have found this sooner. I wish I would have done this 20 years ago or 10 years ago, but you're doing it now. Doing it now. And, and, and what happened in those 10 or 20 years, even though you're sleeping, it got you here. Yeah. Cause I feel I was asleep too for the last two decades for sure. Maybe yeah. my whole life, but, but certainly the last two decades. Well, so how do you, just a quick question. How sure. do you reflect on that? Like, how do you, how do you reconcile that for yourself when you're saying, oh, I was asleep for the last 20 years? Like, how do you move forward I, from that? I just think of Biggie. Start at the bottom, now we're here. Yeah. No, so I'm just like, no, I'm here now. And then I, I reflect on the assets I have and the gratitude for the blessings. But then also the, I've learned through people like you, Rosie, and the healers here is the gratitude for the negative things that uh that people did to me or did to maria and 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 how much that helped too and was part of the story and um you know and just my big thing is okay so we're here now what are the what what cards do we have in our deck to play and and how do we play them and i'm waking up now and um what do we do now you know i i'm one that i, I i'm i i know logically that to dwell too much on the waste of the 10 years or the 20 years isn't good. So what you want to do is you want to reflect on those 10 or 20 years and say, what are the, what are the nuggets we can take out the learning lessons? What are the things now we know now that, so we can do differently. And, um, so that's anyway, that's kind of how I process it, but I am aware that I probably was awake for 10 to 20. I've certainly was. And for me, it was just work, work, work and work and work more and then just work more. That was yeah. the only thing I knew how to do was just work, yeah. just work harder. The more you get crapped on, work harder. Everything yeah. went back to that. Well, yeah. And that's that we, we are all on the same, same boat. I think for all of us, we can pinpoint those moments where we're just so quick to uh, speed through life that everything around us is blurry because we're going so quickly. Yes. And I think that this is why I love yoga and meditation and mindfulness so much is because it gives us an opportunity to slow down to to pause for a moment to be mindful about what's happening in this present moment i want to take in everything that's happening right now so that i can feel whole and complete and i think that the more that we do that the more we feel the richness of our life i think the reason why sometimes we become so dissatisfied is because we're missing all of those moments and we want to do over or we're starting a project and it's not happening quick enough and yeah. we live in such a world of instant gratification that when mm. they don't happen on our timeline, we think that we're a failure. We think <sighs> that we're not worthy or we think that yeah. we're doing something wrong. Where in fact, if we move at the pace of nature, it creates a whole different landscape for us to create the life that we, that we want. And we practice, we practice because we forget. This is something that I talk about all the time in, in my workshops and courses and stuff that, that we, practice because we forget the mind is designed to want what's better. We always are going to want what's better. And when we find finally get to that place or you get the house that you want, or you get the career that you want, or you're with your partner, it's like, yeah, but 
it would be better if it was at the beach or, oh, this person would be better if they were five Uh, inches taller or, oh, it would be better if we could do this and do this, right? I mean, do you guys agree, Kelsey? Oh my, are you kidding me? You just, it's my whole problem. (laughs) I'm on, always on to the next thing. Okay, now I'm going to, yes, yes. Yeah, Yeah. and so when then can we actually take in where we are in the moment, if if the mind, and this is the thing, it's not our fault. It's not anybody's fault listening. I mean, this is just what the, the brain is designed for survival, right? So this is, it's just innate for us to, to do that. But the beauty is that we can train the mind to make different choices. I mean, that's why, that's the only way that we can achieve change is to make small incremental steps. You know, we see somebody else that maybe is doing something that we want to be doing and we think, Wow, how are they doing that? How did they get that? How did how did they achieve that? Well, that's so brave. And then we think of ourselves, we we can't we can't do that. We there's no way we can do that and mm-hmm. we can. We absolutely can that's create right. and do anything that we want to do. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of making those small incremental changes. I think that's where the the quote that you said earlier, that's yes. that's what spawned it because there was a moment in my in time where I felt like oh, I grew up in this really tough environment and I came from this really gritty background and now I'm traveling all over the world and working with really incredible people. So now I don't have to work as hard. Like I did all the hard work, but then I would encounter these situations where I'm like, wow, this is life. Shitty things, sorry, oops. No, no, you're fine. (laughs) Shitty shitty things happen. And you know, that's just, that's part of, of our, that's why we practice. We practice because of things like, the pandemic. We practice when we are going through suffering and we're going through pain. We practice because we need to we need to feel strong and grounded in our own sense of self and our own abilities to move through difficult things and difficult situations. And I think that that's that's part of creating that change. When we can when we can see the resilience that we're that we are because we are and we can see the strength that we have to go through obstacles, then it makes us strong enough to take those small steps to mm-hmm. change, to maybe take that class that we wanted to take, or maybe put that podcast out that we want to create or yeah. reach out to that person that we think may not give us the time of day. Well, Rosie, if you look at your life and if I were coaching you and you were earlier on in your journey, I would say, um, Rosie, we were six and survived, you know, drive-by shootings. You think you think we can't survive a podcast that we put out and only gets like maybe two lit- I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. Since at first, for <laughs> yeah, we're fine. And I think that we all have to look back 
and realize we're a lot tougher than we realize, and we have a lot more blessings. So even with your situation, I hear a mother that worked at Children's Hospital, which means she was someone of service, and she cared enough to find out what's wrong with my daughter, and yes, she tried in her way, and you guys didn't vibrate on the same wavelength at the time, and as most relatives don't, we don't listen to our loved ones. Uh, I know, my wife rarely listens to me anymore, um, but uh, but uh, but I, I think you had also those blessings too, it, it you know, and I think when you look back and you say, I'm tougher than I realize because I did survive this, why wouldn't I survive putting out a podcast? And I look back and say, well, hey, I had a, a mother that cared enough about me, or parents that wanted a better life for me. Their intention to get me to East LA was a better life that they believed in Mexico. So I think those are some of the things I, I um, let, let's go back to the journey because it clearly didn't go from you have this awakening and then life changes immediately. <laughs> right. So right. take us through, cause I agree it is these incremental steps and yeah. it's one little step at a time. And I think it's appreciating the steps too, you know, not being like, okay, come on now when, you know, wow, well, now exactly. when do I have my, no, just a pre, like I'm sure in that moment, wasn't nice to appreciate that lady's voice and mm-hmm. seeing all these smiling people around you and and you know so take take us to so you go to the you go to this meeting and and uh, bring me more yes. along on the so, journey. So I go through and it's so interesting because I was so much more patient back then than I am now and I'll just totally call myself out on it. You know, as you get older, you just become you, so impatient. Yes, we can talk about that later. Yeah, but and then you really get cr- I think you get even older. And then you get you get your pay, you can get your patients back. You can have oh, even good. more people oh, because you realize it's all a joke. You realize like we're all gonna die. Like that's the one thing no one wants to accept. That we're gonna have, I know. we're gonna have obstacles in life. We're gonna totally. if it, like you said, it's gonna be the pandemic, and then it's gonna be you know something a nine eleven. It's always gonna be something yeah. that is life, and we are as young and as vibrant as all of us are right now, at some point we're going to say goodbye here. But but I look at it, we're going to move on to something greater and it's just going to be in the next adventure. So while we're here, we do what we can, but you kind of start realizing like, you know, and if you think of even people who've accomplished a ton and are gone now, what does it matter? Like even people, yeah. when you look at like all they accomplished, okay, big deal. If they didn't really... Uh, positively affect other people, if they didn't really help the world, if they didn't leave behind messages or the, like, you know, so I think you, you'll, you, you'll, you go long enough for you start going. Yeah, really? And I notice it with yeah. older people now too, where they just don't care in a great way. They're just like, yes. Meh. Like, you know, it's it's just, I, I they pay it. no mind. Yeah. You know, they just pay no mind. Yes. I, I love that. So go that ahead. So, so you're at, you're at, you know, and I think there's a strength to being at rock bottom too. Oh yeah. Because everything is is, up, right? Yeah. That's, and that's something that I talk about as well. That was, so during this time when I was starting to have this awakening, um, I was still, you know, almost 200 pounds. I was really overweight and I decided that I wanted to sign up for the LA marathon. I hated running more than anything in the world. So I'm like, let me just sign up to run a marathon. Why not? Um, and but wait, but wait, why not? I can say, I can say why, but can you tell me why you did that? Why did I do that? Yeah. Well, I think that for me, it just, I, I wanted to just, I just wanted to run. I wanted to just like shed, you know, I wanted to just do something where I was going to use my body because I hadn't right. for, 
for a long time. And so what it was too is it's a it's a, a goal. And it's yes. a, and it's and I I'm like big when you're at that point, you guys. I'm like just hit signals, just hit singles. That's a big single to run a marathon, but still, it's not. I'm starting a multi million dollar business, right? I'm not gonna like lose weight in a month. No, I'm going to conquer this goal, which is hard Over to time. do. Now I'm gonna have to train, but that's healthy, right? You're gonna run. You're gonna you're gonna have to spend time alone. You might even meet cool people like that are doing the same thing. But really, it's about crossing that finish line. You know, and no matter how long it takes you, but it's like, no, bitch, I did it. I did it. Now what's next? So I yeah. feel like it's a great warm up and a, a single, it's a little victory. I know when I've been in my lowest moments, there were things I didn't do because I knew I would fail. It, it, it's going to sound super, but we went surfing one time or a bunch of people went and I didn't want to, it was at my lowest, lowest moment. And I was like, no. And Maria was like, why? I said, because I know if I can't do it, I'm going to even feel like a bigger loser. I'm not ready. I need to hit singles. I need to do things that I know that I can achieve, little goals, like little things. And anyway, so I think that that is a great um, tip for somebody who's in that point. And maybe it's a half marathon. Maybe it's a 5K. Yeah. But it's just something yeah. like that. It got your mind. And think about when you're training, Rosie, you're not focusing on how overweight you are how yeah. you wasted your time, how you're not educated, how you're not, mo no, you're like, you, I got, I got to focus on trying to get my lungs and my body in shape to go 26 miles. Yeah. So, but yeah. great instinct on your part, I think to do that. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting that you say that because it just came to me now that my older sister had, um, she had signed up for it and she ended up not doing it. And so I think that's what had left a little bit of, of uh -huh. It left that little bug in my ear. And uh -huh. so I started to train my trainer, uh, the coach was telling me that I should do yoga. And I was like, oh, I do yoga. You know, I, I, I know yoga, but I was doing yoga philosophy. I was meditating. I wasn't doing the physical component. And once he said that, that's when I started to get into the physical practice. And so I, I started practicing yoga. I started training for a marathon and it was so funny to me the whole time because of how I had to coax myself every day to run. It was like, just do a little bit, just do 10 minutes and then you can stop. Like just little bits at a time, because to me, running was something that we did to get away from the cops. It wasn't like it's a leisure sport, right? Yeah, we yes. ran because yeah. we needed to, to get away. It wasn't running because it was. Well, cool yeah, thing I'll have do. friends from the hood that will tell me like, you never saw joggers. Right, ever. That, that's that's <laughs> not a thing doesn't happen in our neighborhood <laughs> yeah know? so so it was a great experience for me to yeah this was this was the first thing i did in my life that i started and i finished and so yes. that to me was i think the Boom. the yeah the the push that i needed the sort of uh it's what showed me that I could complete something. I can start and I can finish something. Mm -hmm. And if I can run 26.2 miles and survive, I could do anything. That's right. Yeah. Right. There's a great movie out there, Bridget Runs a Marathon. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was an indie film, but it was kind of the same thing based on a true story. Uh, she didn't have the hardship you did, but it all was about this. It was beautiful, actually, very inspiring. But yeah, I, and again, it doesn't have to be a marathon. doesn't even have to be right. running, but I love the idea of like, no, I did it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that began to open this door of, oh, what else can I do? What other things can I start and finish? What else can I begin to create? And 
from there, I, I, I was, I was already working. I had this job at the mall as a receptionist at a hair salon and it started to just incrementally grow and grow in responsibility. And then I got recruited to run this, um, celebrity hair famous salon in, in West Hollywood. And then I, my boss at the time, I just, you know, thinking about it now, I had a lot of people in my life that were, I would, I would say were angels in my life that came in at the right time and the right moments and said the right things. And I really do believe that when you put yourself in that frequency, like doing the work that you have to do to get yourself there, this is the thing about manifestation that always bothered me a little bit. This is how we can demystify it. We actually have to do the work to get there, to create the life, to create the things that we want to manifest in our life. We have to get into alignment with ourselves, we have to get into alignment with the things that we want to create, and then the universe makes it so. So you can't just be laying around playing, you know, on your phone, expecting for your life to come through. It's or, like your destiny. Or your even, destiny. Go, go finish. No, no, you finish, Rosie. Sorry. No, it's like your destiny is happening as you scroll. Like if you have time to scroll, you have time to build something. So this is where I can say we need to be able to put ourselves into that that space of doing the work. Go ahead. Yeah, no, what I was going to say is I think a lot of people will do the part of manifestation, which is like look in the mirror and go, today is going to be your day and I want to be this or I want to be that. And they think that's it. And to me, you nailed it when it wasn't, yes, the angels came to you, but you changed your frequency to receive yeah. And I realized when I was a kid, I just so badly wanted. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. I had mentors and I never had any, but I also probably didn't have the frequency, you know, to have somebody who would say, who would see through my messiness and go, there's yes. something good inside here. I just didn't have that. But if you, you change to me, it was like the changing of the frequency allowed all this and also allowed you to see them. You may have had them in the past, but you probably maybe may not have seen them because you were in such a haze. Yeah. Well, I was closed off. That's the thing that we do when we experience disappointment. We build walls. We build barriers. Ooh, tell me about that. Barriers. Tell me about that. We experience so, disappointment and tell me what happens. Yeah. I mean, whenever we experience something not working, or for me, it was just the disappointment of being in an environment where I saw bad things happen to good people all the time. It's disappointing. It's disheartening. And the older I got, I would still see a lot of injustice or things happen. And it would just make me feel like, oh, this world is not for me. 
success is not for me. Mm. This is for other people. This is for people that aren't like me. And so that begins to build a barricade because I don't, you don't want to get disappointed. I don't want to get hurt. I didn't want to get disappointed. So you just build a barricade around your heart, essentially, is what you're doing because then you have to be hard. You have to be a hard person. You know, for me growing up in an environment where I'm dealing with hard people, like you have said, I mean, you're, when you were, you know, in the carny business, you're dealing with ex-cons. So like I'm dealing with people that are hard. So I felt like I need to be hard as well. But it was it was so counterintuitive for me, and it's counterintuitive for most people because we are loving beings. We want to love. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be understood. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be in community. And when you block yourself off because you're afraid of getting hurt, or you know, when I was a teenager, I was in a relationship with a, a guy that was totally abusive and emotionally abusive and just a terrible person. And so I just told myself the story, relationships are difficult and um, men are just there to hurt you. And so, you know, by the time I met my partner who I'm still with for the last 18 years, it was difficult for me to go into a relationship because he was not that person, you know, and I just assumed I'm like, oh, you're just like every other man that's here to hurt me. So I have to protect myself. I have to just close myself off and not not get too close. And I think that when you're hard, that's the thing we think, oh, I'm just going to close myself off to romantic relationships, but you end up closing yourself off to everything else. It's not just relationships. It's you're closing yourself off to the love from your family. You're closing yourself off to the love from your environment, from something that can potentially help you in your career. Just over the time, it begins to sort of corrode what's inside. If you're, if you don't use it, right? I mean, that that's the thing that begins to happen. And I feel that's just tying back into what we were saying earlier about how we can become so disappointed and asleep in our life. I think that that's part of the sleeping through your life is creating this barricade around your heart that doesn't allow anything else to come in. So when we can actually break through that and give ourselves you know, the chance to take a chance to make a mistake to fail. I mean, I love your story about the surfing, because you already knew there's, I have two, two things that I want to say about that because I can totally relate. And you're literally speaking to my heart when you're saying that, because when you're in, not in a great place, you're experiencing a lot of disappointments and we've all had those weeks where everything just one thing after then another. And then we, we perpetuate it by saying, Oh, this is a bad week. Now what? Now what's the next thing? And when it rains, it pours. And we have all these really cute, <laughs> you know, mug sayings that it's like, oh, yeah. here it is, Monday again. And it's like, you're perpetuating that. You can have the opportunity to stop that from happening and say, you know what? I'm going to reset. I'm going to actually go. I've had a, a, a tough week. And you know what? I'm going to be okay with failing. I'm going to be okay with this. I'm going to go and put myself out there. And it does create an opening. but it really depends on the type of person that you are, because if you're not in a good place, then it's probably better for you to not do it. You know, but the thing is, it's about cultivating discernment. And that's another reason why I love meditation and mindfulness so much and doing all of these healing modalities. We have to cultivate the discernment within ourselves to know what is best for us. So we really have to get to know what that edge is for us to discern, will this really hurt me? Or am I just 
Am I just protecting myself? Am I just being hard because I don't want to take this chance? Or no, actually, I know that going to this party or going to this event is really going to make me feel uncomfortable because I'm going to go hang around a bunch of successful people and I'm not there yet. And it's just going to show me that I'm not good. Or it could be like, you know what, I'm going to go to that party with all these really successful people and network and just see what, see how I can be of service and learn from them as opposed to just constantly comparing yourself to other people. I think, yeah, I think, you know, what you do is you, you, you build your foundation. So let's say we go to Rosie's story when it was 200 pounds and in trouble with the law and just kind of getting out of that, that wouldn't have been the time to send you out to a party to network of like everyone who's like fabulous and beautiful. Like, no, because you're going to go, no. But now it's okay because you've done the work. And I love this idea of, let me recheck my notes about discernment. This is a great quote. Cultivate discernment, which again goes back to awareness, but having that self-awareness to say, you know, I'm not ready right now for that. And listen, I'll tell you guys, uh, someone on my level, I was telling Kelsey this morning, um, there's some podcasts that I would used to love listening to about people that were people that have had a lot of success in Hollywood in script writing or directing or whatever. And, um, it, it, it makes me sad to hear it because I'm not doing that right now. And so Mm. I'm like, I'm just not going to listen right now. You know, why would I, you know what I mean? Cause I, and then I shame myself and I go through the process where I like, come on, Kev, man up. And, you know, listen and learn. And, and I was like, no. And I had, I had a friend years ago tell me, because sometimes when I get into like construction and renovation and all that stuff, I'm good at fixing things and cleaning up messes and building things. I mean, but it's not, it's hard work and I don't love it. I love the end result. But I tell you that there were times when I'm doing it, I get like such dark thoughts. Like, Mm. where did my life go? Why, you know, I was a head writer of a network. Why am I here? You know, and my friend was like, you know what? Don't be doing that work anymore. (laughs) And you know what? I was like, you know, it's that simple. And, uh, but now, now, because through my evolution and my success, now now I do it. And it's like, you know, once in a while I'll get a little like cranky doing it, but not really now I'm okay. But I, I love the idea of the discernment and to know, you know, when you're ready. And I think, yeah, yeah. Some things that you're not ready for, yeah, don't don't show up for. Mm. Uh, but I also don't want to prevent people because I'm always like saying half a life is showing up and something good will come out of it. But your foundation needs to be, I think, a yeah. little more solid. If you're like at that place where it, you need something radical as you did, you know, as I did, then I think it's best to just kind of do the work, which is the, I'm going to run the marathon. And and did you change your diet too, Rosie? Did you, you just stop yeah. wanting to eat better food? Yeah. So I, I had a friend that was a trainer at, do you remember Bally's Total Fitness? Of I do. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a trainer friend that worked at Bally's Total Fitness and he, he's the one that started teaching me about organic food. He started teaching me, he uh, gave me the book on the, the China study. So I was doing all of this research. I started studying Ayurveda because I was like, oh, this is part of yogic philosophy. So I want to learn about this. And little by little, I I started to, again, small changes. I mean, that's really the story of my beginning anyways, just doing little bits at a time, incorporating just a handful of things uh, to crowd out all all the bad stuff. And actually that before I became a yoga teacher, I started to study nutrition. So I, I did become a nutritionist first. And then 
I decided with everything that I was doing to, uh, to, to become a, a yoga teacher because I wanted to bring all of this information to people like the people I grew up with, people at mm-hmm. lower income communities yeah. and mm-hmm. ki- at risk youth and people who I knew this would really serve. You know what's great too? Yeah. It's like a, it, it's a yoga mat and get on YouTube. You know what I mean? It doesn't cost a lot of, for people that it are not- It doesn't cost anything. Right? And it's a little small area to do your yoga, yeah. so which I love. Um, being a nutritionist, was there a lot of schooling involved or were you able to do things online? Yeah, no, yeah, no I did it. I did, well, I did a couple of courses in mm-hmm. college and then I did, I went through a, a certification course with the American Fitness um, Association mm-hmm. and- and then I did IIN years later, uh, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Uh, then I did that. It was like a hybrid. I did it online years later. And for yoga, did yeah. you do? You, did you take any classes on how to teach yeah, yoga? Yeah, yes. I did a yoga teacher training. I did a couple of yoga teacher trainings through this small studio in Pasadena back in the early 2000s. And then I did a, a two... 200 hour teacher trainings through yoga works in, uh, in, in LA. Yeah. You know, and what I love what I'm hearing Rosie is all of this. I can wrap my hands and my head around. This is not 12 years of med school at Harvard or do you know what I mean? This is what I love is like, I'm running a marathon. Now I'm going to take this online class and I'm going to, you know, a couple of classes here and a thing here and, you know, Obviously, it took time to put it all together, but it it's not the amount of time and money that everybody can't do. That, yeah. That's what I love about it. Yeah. And you know, you said something that I, I want to touch back on because it it really, again, really speaks to me what you were talking about, how your friend was telling you, you know, what to stop doing it. And this whole thing, I want to go back to just discernment because it's all ties in. There's a difference between discomfort and pain. Mm. And the difference for us to be able to acknowledge that difference, we have to, it's a skill. We have to develop that skill because some of us, I mean, you know, Kelsey was a a gymnast, right? I mean, you trained, like she trained and I'm Mm -hmm. sure that, and I have other athlete friends of mine that they have to push through the pain, right? Mm -hmm. So that creates a different type of uh, pain threshold. You know, it creates another sort of this like, oh, you got to push through this. And, you know, for, for me, it was, it was the opposite. It was the discomfort. Like I didn't like to feel the discomfort. And so you have to sort of meet yourself where you are and to understand the difference. So in yoga class, we, we cultivate that discernment. Um, she's chewing on my plug right now, little puppy. Oh no. Um, (laughs) We, we cultivate that discernment through the body, right? So if I'm doing a posture and I say, okay, part of your practice is to breathe through the discomfort. There are certain postures, if your body's really tight, you're not moving, that you can breathe through. See, somebody who has a higher pain threshold might be in full pain, but they're going to push through it. They're going to push through it and they're just going to stay there because the teacher said so and they're going to stay. Mm. Other Somebody else might be like, oh, no, that's uncomfortable. I don't like it. And they'll pull out of it where if they kind of breathe through that space, they might be able to push through that discomfort and actually feel the benefits of the posture. Then there are other people who understand the discernment and maybe decide I might want to do, I might want to push myself today a little bit more. I want to take it easy today, but how we do anything on the mat is how we do everything in life. 
And so if we're able to discern, okay, I think today I need to take it easy. I need to slow down. This is stuff I was talking about during our heel event. I'm like, where are you? Where are you at? Do you want to take that extra chaturanga? Do you want to build a little bit more heat or do you want to restore a little bit more and skip something and just mm. breathe and, and anchor in on your breath? So how we do anything on the mat is how we do everything. Mm. So if we are the person that's going to push through that pain and just sit in that pigeon pose and my hip, my hip it's like, no, I'm just going to push through. Where else does that show up in your life? Are you pushing yourself? Are you working too hard? Are you Are you just continuing to go, go, go and not slowing down enough for your body to reconcile what is happening, to give yourself that space. So that's where these practices come in because it's going back to what you were saying, Kev, about the awareness and about what your friend was saying. Oh, listening to this podcast is causing me pain. It really is causing me pain because it's, it's showing me something that I'm not doing and therefore my physical body. And to me, for people that are like, what is this discernment? Go to the grossest part of your body. Where do you feel it? Where do you feel the discomfort when you're on social media? Are you feeling your chest get constrained? Are you feeling, you know, the the hairs on your forearm stand up? Are you not breathing? What is the physiological reaction? And then can you stop what is happening? If it's causing you that pain, like say Kevin listening to that podcast was making him really uncomfortable in his body. Maybe he didn't even realize that he wasn't breathing or he would like get really Mm -hmm. tense. He had to stop listening to that podcast. Maybe for the people listening, maybe it's social media. Maybe it's you take a social media break for a little while. You give yourself a break because only then can we reset ourselves and then go back and reintroduce things little at a time. We're not going to figure it all out at once. Just like we've been saying, it's going to take some time, but the whole idea is to give yourself the opportunity to take that time and, and give yourself that patience. And I'm going back to that cultivate discernment, Rosie. Rosie, put something. Do you have a chew toy to put in her mouth? Yeah. Good. That's what you have to do. No, I'm just saying as doggy daddy for so long. Um, if she's got she's her little baby's biting the a plug, you don't want that. Um, I think it comes down to uh, this, okay. no, you're good, Rosie. Cultivating <laughs> Thanks, discernment is such a it's how to cultivate the discernment. And let me offer a few things, if I may. I love this idea because I'm a push through the pain guy. I think I'm not being tough. My whole life was, you know, I had a very tough, physically tough dad. And I had an oldest brother who was the toughest guy in our town. So I was constantly told that you're not tough. So what does that do to, to anyway, someone like me, you can either buckle up and go, oh, I guess I'm not tough. Or you can go, oh yeah, you want to see how tough I am? Mm-hmm. I'll go yeah. work a 56-hour day, you know, straight doing heavy lifting all day long. And I won't, you know, I'll go and take on this person who's twice my size. I'll go, you know, and yeah. and so I've always been a, I will just push through the pain. But I love what you're saying because if I'm the one on the mat who's just going to push through, look at, you look at your life and where were the times that you pushed through the pain? And it was good, but then where were the times you pushed through the pain and you should have just let it go. And I can yes. tell you there's, there's two major things, projects that I did that just one bankrupted me, the other just kicked the crap out of me. And it was that I will push through the pain that thank you for this blessing of this interview, Rosie, because that's what it was with me is I'll push through the pain. I don't care if, how bad this ship is sinking. I will continue to push through. And it was interesting, Maria, bless Maria, with with uh you know my network now after buzz the pandemic 
really kicked the crap out of us and put us on hiatus. And Maria was like, Kevin, you are a tough dog to put down. And if it wasn't for the high, if it wasn't for the pandemic, you would have just kept working there 200 hours a week, giving yourself to, you know, 400 hosts every single day, spending tons of money and time. And, you know, two, two or three years mentally, you haven't really been in it. Like you're just doing it because I'm going to push through the pain. And it was funny, Tony Robbins was working with, I did one of his seminars and he was working with a lady and I could tell she was like me. She wouldn't give up on her business. She just was like, I'm going to keep pushing through. And he just was, you know, he's Mr. Positive and here's how you fix things. And and it was a business mastery class. So I didn't expect him to do this, but what a breakthrough. And he was like, you know what? You're burnt out and this is no longer the business for you. And no, it's just walk away. Don't push through the pain. So I think it goes back to that discernment, like you said, which mm-hmm. is just wonderful. It's it's discerning. So I think it's it's asking yourself, um, is this discomfort or pain going to lead to something good for me in the long run, or is is it not? I think that's one helpful way for me listening to those podcasts. It's like, listen, all it's going to do right now is bum me out. So I'm like, I don't need to be listening to this to show I'm a tough guy and that I, you know, so, but I think it's having that discernment to know, um, and especially what state you're in. If you're in a fragile state, they don't have that strong foundation. No, cut the social media, all that stuff is, is but I think it's, it's that discernment and awareness. And I, I, but I have to say like, this also goes for the people you keep company with. If you don't feel good after talking to them, Mm-hmm. you know what like yeah it's maybe time to just wish them well and peace and send them on their way yeah oh i totally agree. oh that's i mean we can have a full conversation yeah but no on, i think we um, need to because listen yeah. i have a lot of my friends and i i'm i, I all my after bus hosts is two thousand of them and 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 98 percent of them know they can dm me and find me and i will jump right in and do anything they need me to do to help them with their lives but the one thing that i see it's it's a lot of times it's the environments they're in. And Rosie, people can also follow you. Yes. Oh, yes. Follow you yeah, on you Instagram. Can... You do your stuff with Wanderlust. You have something exciting happening that I want to do. I don't know how to do it, but I want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, people can always listen to the podcast, uh, Radically Loved Radio. I have some some of my contents up on YouTube. Uh, I teach weekly live classes on Wanderlust TV. So if you want to practice with me, you can subscribe to that. But I'm actually doing this um, this uh, virtual retreat called um, the Manifestation Retreat. And we're going to talk all about demystifying the myths of manifestation. And it's going to be a, a great way to um, to show you how you can support yourself and how you can create you know, different goals and how you can utilize the the power of manifestation to create them. We're, we're going to talk about change and transformation. So it's going to be, it's going to be really fun. And that's April 9th through the 11th. And you can get information by going to my website, radicallylove.com. I love it. Rosie, you're such a blessing. And uh, thank you for coming on today. And I'm sure we're going to have you on many, many more times. And Winnie is so loud. Yeah, Winnie is really <laughs> snoring. So I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Honey, come on. She's here. I, know. I, I let her sleep. So it's whatever. fine. Um, are you kidding? I love it. Um, 
but yeah, so Rosie, yeah, let's let's definitely stay in touch and uh, and keep doing our work together. And like I said, what a you're such a blessing and um, a lot of really great takeaway here on the on this two part episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and can I say I you know being a, a follower of the show and just knowing you guys like you you and Kelsey have been doing such an incredible job. So I just want to say thank you for continuing to do the show. You guys are so awesome. And I love regular guy Fridays. They're my (laughs) highlight of the week. And um, so I definitely wanted to say that. And yeah, I look forward to staying connected. And I'm so honored to also be a part of the heel squad. I mean, the work that you guys are doing here with with this is so incredible and all the work that Maria's done and continues to do. I'm just, I'm so honored and and I feel very privileged to, to be here and to be a part of this community. Oh, we love you. All right, Rosie. We will talk, as we say in Boston, we'll talk shortly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, amazing part one mm-hmm. with Rosie. Um, you know, as I said at the top, I love the people that, uh, they came from hardship and yeah. then figured it out. Yeah. My favorite guest to have on the show. When I liked too that you were pulling it out of her, right? You were like, she was even when she started talking about her kind of like breakthrough at this, this place that she went to from the pamphlet her mother gave her. She was like, I mean, not all of us can. And you're like, no, what are you talking about? You're not dipping yourself in some, yeah, forbidden lake in the middle of Iceland, <laughs> yeah. to find, you know, so I really liked that. And I liked what you were pulling out of her because it's just so relatable. And all of us, all of us can have these breakthroughs, right? And if we just yeah. do that little bit of work. Yeah. And it starts out with the small steps and I can't wait for yeah. part two because now we're going to go even deeper. Mm-hmm. So stick around. Right, Winnie? Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.